Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Capacity Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Morton of Think to Thrive Coaching, where I specialize in helping moms in midlife reach your full potential in health and fitness, relationships, and career goals. I empower you to overcome the mental roadblocks and obstacles that can sometimes get in the way of achieving amazing things. I'll be showing up here on the regular to inspire you and teach you about harnessing your own infinite capacity to achieve the dreams and plans that you're passionate about. Whether I'm sharing powerful stories or interviews, teaching you useful skills and tools, or pushing you to dig deep and ask yourself hard questions that will help you grow. The goal of this podcast is to help you discover your own infinite capacity for creation and productivity, and to support you along your journey towards success and self-fulfillment. Now, let's get started with this week's Infinite Capacity Podcast. everybody. How's it going today? I have an interesting question for you. Okay, so here it is. No matter who you are, how old you are, or where you are in the world right now, have you learned to speak your truth yet? Now, you may ask, what do you mean, Andrea? Speak my truth? So, for my clients and listeners, Let me define for you exactly what I do mean. Speaking our truth is when we share our thoughts or perspectives openly and honestly with others, drawing from both our personal experiences or beliefs to convey our own unique point of view. We do not hide our true self, we share it. When we speak our truth, it helps us to build relationships that are based on integrity and authenticity. Power and strength come from speaking our hearts in a respectful fashion. Bridges of understanding can be built and strengthened even between individuals who don't share values or experiences. It's not always easy, though, to speak one's truth, especially if you know in advance that you disagree with where someone's coming from. If you're a person who generally prefers to avoid conflict or confrontation, you may have experienced times in your life when you purposefully swallowed your truth in order to preserve the peace or at least keep a decent working relationship between you and someone who is important to you in your life. You may even have had times when you left a situation or you stayed away from an individual on purpose because the thought of a potential disagreement was so unpleasant that you preferred to avoid it altogether. And if that's you, don't worry, that's normal. You're human. Today though, I want to teach you how to speak your truth in the world and to do so from a place of peace and calm and love. As Friedrich Nietzsche famously said, all truths that are kept silent become poisonous. And I will add, sharing your truth is a healthy thing to do. 
I'm going to give you a hypothetical example. It's based on a real-life situation, but not based on any one real person or event. Instead, it's a composite story, and it's meant to illustrate some important concepts that may help you to find your voice and speak your truth, even when you're in a tricky circumstance. We will examine how to speak your truth even when you might honestly prefer to stay silent. And I'll also show you how to regulate your emotions so that your words are constructive and not reactive. We will look through the lens of Dr. Joan I. Rosenberg, a cutting-edge psychologist and professor at Pepperdine University. Dr. Rosenberg is known as an innovative thinker, a speaker, a trainer, and a leader. Using what she calls the Rosenberg Reset, we will learn how to experience and move through eight difficult feelings in order to take a path of awareness rather than avoidance. So what are these eight feelings as identified by Dr. Rosenberg? Well, they include disappointment, sorrow, shame, anger, vulnerability, frustration, helplessness, and embarrassment. Most of us feel those every day. Using Dr. Rosenberg's model, we'll learn how to sit with difficult emotions and how doing so can help anybody to speak their truth in a productive way. So let's begin. Sharon is a 42-year-old married mom of three. She works outside of the house and she doesn't have a lot of time to work on making the home look beautiful and inviting. She's talked this over with her best friend a hundred times. And as it happens, Sharon's best friend, Bridget, has a cousin who now specializes in interior design and decorating. The cousin, Annette, is looking for new clients and Bridget offers to connect Sharon with her. My cousin's just starting her business and she doesn't have a website yet, but you are going to love her, Bridget assures Sharon. Annette is amazing. Sharon and Annette have one introductory meeting online via a Zoom call where they discuss everything from preferred colors and textures to themes and styles. Sharon shows Annette some of the different rooms in her house through photographs, and they talk about possibilities. Annette seems smart and professional, and Sharon appreciates that she was recommended by such a close friend, so she decides to hire her. I think she's going to do a great job, Sharon says to Bridget, and she thanks her best friend for the referral. Annette begins to draw up plans and collect samples. She and Sharon create a strategy for which rooms in the house will be updated first and a timeline to follow. They agree upon a price, they sign a contract, and she begins the job. However, the work takes much longer than promised. And when Annette finally unveils the first completed room to Sharon, Sharon is immediately disappointed. The colors are not right. They're muted and dull instead of vivid and warm. The materials are not of high quality. And this is definitely not her style at all. Sharon is not thrilled, but especially because... This referral came from a dear friend. She wants to give Annette more of a chance. So Annette begins work on redecorating the home office, and she spends several weeks putting it all together. However, 
Once the paint has dried and all of the new furniture has been delivered, Sharon's husband tells her that he does not like it. And he's also upset about the price that Annette is charging for these first two rooms, which is now much higher than what they agreed to. Sharon's husband asks her directly to fire Annette and find a different decorator. What should Sharon do in this situation? Should she let Annette go or give her another chance? Should she tell her best friend Bridget that the job is not going well? But what if doing so damages their friendship? How can she speak her truth from a place of calm when she is feeling so torn in different directions? Sharon wants to know how she can show up authentically and with integrity in a situation that honestly feels awkward and disappointing. Maybe you can relate to how Sharon's feeling right now. She needs a strategy and she needs it fast. To help her or anyone facing this kind of dilemma, let's look at the Rosenberg Reset. Sharon doesn't know it, but she is already experiencing half of the eight unpleasant feelings identified by Dr. Rosenberg. She's feeling sadness, disappointment, frustration, and vulnerability. All of these emotions are flooding through her right now as she imagines first having to fire Annette and then having to explain it to her best friend. Emotional flooding, as defined by noted psychologist John Gottman, is a hallmark of our nervous system when it goes into overdrive. When Sharon recognizes that the situation has the potential to derail her close friendship with Bridget, her internal threat detection system is activated, and this causes her to lose some of her capacity for rational thought. And there's decreased activity in her prefrontal cortex. Her nervous system has begun to over-respond. Sharon's instinctive reactions as a human could actually make the situation a lot worse. Once her fight, flight, or freeze response is activated, she may do or say things that are actually not appropriate to the situation. For example, she could get into a spontaneous argument with her husband about firing Annette, even though she actually agrees with him. Or she might freeze up and say absolutely nothing to Annette and allow her home to be transformed into an expensive and ugly manifestation that she doesn't like at all because she wants to avoid conflict with Annette and especially with Bridget. Obviously, neither of these possibilities will improve or solve Sharon's problem. So how can she manage her painful feelings and speak her truth rather than either getting shouty or shutting down and ignoring the situation? In her book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, Rosenberg cites the work of neuroscientist and author Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, who has suggested that when a feeling like frustration occurs, the chemical released by your brain surges through your body. This rush of biochemicals is like a wave, which may bring about uncomfortable physical sensations such as blushing or heat in your arms, heaviness in your chest, tears in your eyes. But then, as the rush of chemicals are flushed out of your bloodstream, the physiological sensations subside, and it feels to your body like the wave has passed. 
From the point of the initial trigger, Dr. Bolte-Taylor says that each surge or wave of an emotion has a biochemical lifespan of roughly 90 seconds. That's right. I said 90 seconds. And depending on the intensity of the actual experience, the lifespan of that wave could be much shorter, but it will never last longer than 90 seconds. Thankfully, if Sharon can be conscious of this process happening within her brain and her body, she can use it. She can choose to fully feel her frustration and her disappointment so that they don't derail her. As Sharon's coach, I would immediately advise her to begin taking deep breaths in and out in counts of five. Breathe in five, pause five, breathe out five, pause five, and then begin again. And continue the cycle until she begins to calm her nervous system. Once Sharon has her breathing under control, I would advise her to consider what emotions are coming up strongly for her right now. And then allow herself that 90-second grace to fully feel and experience the strongest one right on the spot. So rather than fighting against disappointment or frustration, I would encourage her to allow herself to experience the strongest one even while she's in the presence of Annette or her husband or Bridget. She doesn't have to respond to them instantly. Sharon can slow down. Once she's ridden out the first 90-second wave of biochemicals, I would then encourage Sharon to decide how she wants to show up in the situation. For example, what are the top qualities that she would like to embody when she's speaking with Annette about the room or when she's telling Bridget about Annette? Does she want to show up as frustrated, disappointed, and vulnerable? Or would she rather be clear-headed, peaceful, and compassionate? Which response is closest to the truth of who Sharon actually is? Which words expressed in what tone will represent the real Sharon, speaking her authentic perspective? Sharon also needs to assess, is she capable of speaking her truth in this moment from a constructive place? Or does she need more time and space in which to process her emotions before she's ready? If Sharon is feeling very frustrated, she's likely to take actions or use words in the immediate time frame that don't reflect the kind of friend, employer, or spouse she most wants to be. We respond differently in situations based on how we're feeling, so Sharon will act very differently in a meeting where she's coming from a place of frustration than she will if she's coming from compassion. If Sharon recognizes that she does need some time and space before responding, she can speak this one basic truth. Annette, I'm not sure how I feel yet about the redecoration you've done here in the office. I'd like to take the evening to sit with it and see what my husband thinks. Let's speak again tomorrow if you have time. However, let's be real, we don't always have the opportunity to go away and process our flooding emotions. Annette may want immediate payment on her first invoice before leaving the house, or she might want to talk about the next room. So Sharon is going to need to have a helpful strategy in her pocket if she can't take a break before having the next discussion. In which case, I would advise Sharon 
to engage in what we like to call active perspective taking, which means that rather than jumping right into the hard conversation, she can try on purpose instead to understand Annette's perspective. Sharon can ask herself questions to help build empathy for Annette, such as, okay, who is this person I'm talking to and what are her values? Or, well, what are some reasons why Annette and I might have had this disconnect? What could Annette be feeling right now? Or, how can I connect with her or understand her point of view? One of the best questions Sharon can ask herself is, is it possible for me to create some kind of a win here right now for both of us? Once Sharon has answered any of these questions within her brain, she will already have begun reducing the level of her own upset emotions. She'll be tapping back into her prefrontal cortex and her decision-making capacity. She's more likely to be able to respond to her decorator now from a place of peace. And at this point, she can begin to share her deeper truth without worrying about self-sabotaging with high emotion. So here is one example of what Sharon could say when she's sharing her bigger truth while exploring perspective taking as a strategy. Annette, my husband and I are not as happy with the project so far as we'd hoped to be. The finished rooms and also the prices you're charging don't reflect what we initially discussed. I'd love to hear what you think about how the home office turned out in context to our original conversation. What exactly were you hoping to convey here and what were you hoping we would feel when we saw it? What are your thoughts about this project moving forward? So you see, thanks to perspective taking, Sharon can reach out in a more constructive way in which way she can then act and speak with integrity. She can bypass her initial fight, flight, or freeze reaction and instead respond from a place of curiosity and compassion rather than frustration or disappointment. Because Sharon's made the choice to commit to awareness rather than avoidance, just like Rosenberg recommends, she can stay connected to her experiences by being attuned to and experiencing 90-second waves of any of the eight unpleasant feelings until they're no longer uncomfortable. This, over time, will build Sharon's confidence, her resilience, and her authenticity. And in the future, she won't need to avoid hard conversations with people like Annette or Bridget because she's so worried about how she might feel if she has those talks. But instead, she'll be able to embrace them when they're needed. Even when delivering a truth that's difficult for other people to hear, Sharon can still speak in a way that protects her relationships and serves her in the long term. She can still speak her truth. Which brings us back to you. When is the last time that you needed to speak your truth in a situation that was difficult or uncomfortable? Do you know how to practice experiencing the eight unpleasant feelings like shame, disappointment, or anger? How do you feel about riding that 90-second biochemical wave which might surge through your body? Are you open to trying it rather than turning away from it? There's a lot to dig into here, but I know that you can do it. So this week, try paying attention to your own truths and exploring the harder emotions that we humans so often like to distract ourselves from, to buffer from, or to avoid. 
Learning how to speak your truth is not always easy, but it is always worthwhile. As William Faulkner famously wrote, never be afraid to raise your voice for honesty and truth and compassion. If people all over the world would do this, it would change the earth. And that's what I have for you today. Okay, well, I will be back soon with the Infinite Capacity Podcast, where I will continue to share inspiring stories and interviews with you and strategies and tools, learning and coaching for all of my listeners and clients out there so that you can harness your own potential and bring your own dreams and plans into reality. If you like today's podcast, would you please consider leaving a review for the Infinite Capacity Podcast on iTunes or Google? And if you'd like to learn more about how you can work with me, Andrea Morton, visit my website, www.thinktothrivecoaching.com, or you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Think to Thrive Coaching. I'm wishing you a healthy, thriving mind and body. See you next time.